Hello, I'm Tim Rhodes, pastor of Bethel Baptist Church, and welcome to our morning worship service. Bethel Baptist Church is located on Kentucky Highway 36 in Frenchburg, Kentucky. You can find our website at www.bethelbaptistfrenchburg.com, and you can reach us at 606-768-3768 or 606-776-7360. If you'd like to write us, you'd like to know more about our church, you have questions, you'd even like to help and support, you can reach us at Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, 40322. I trust you'll enjoy our service and perhaps be part of our ministry. But God bless you as we join our morning worship service. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 as we continue our study or sermons on the Sermon on the Mount. Sermons on the Sermon by Jesus on the Mount. Let me read these verses again as we've been reading them uh, for a few weeks, starting in verse 3 as he actually began to preach. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, he said, Blessed, 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 happy, if you want to know what the word means, happy, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are the humble. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Happy are the sad. When you're broken over sin, you will be Comforted because you'll find Christ. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek, the strong, but they're under control. The strong, but self-disciplined. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Happy are the hungry. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain Mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed, happy are the holy. Father, we thank you for your word, its truth, its power. We thank you for the words of Jesus. And I pray, Father, as we study together, that every word spoken would be yours and not mine, and that you would bless us and encourage us and change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've looked at happy are the humble, happy are the sad, happy are the meek. And we started a couple weeks ago, we looked at happy are the hungry and even on the merciful. But let me summarize this morning what this means, happy are the hungry because they will be filled these are those who are pursuing true righteousness. These are those who are not, this is not talking about religion, but they have a hunger and a thirst for true righteousness. So let me summarize these, uh, 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 what these people are and, and, and what they're all about in these three things. Number one, they're hungry for true righteousness, not religion. 
Religion is based on things that we do. We obtain favor, or we obtain, some people think you obtain heaven by your works. But the Bible says we're not saved by our works of righteousness. And it says, as a matter of fact, over in, in, in Isaiah 64, 6, that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And so if, if you were trying to get into heaven based on your religion, based on your works, based on your own righteousnesses, you, you would be presenting yourself uh, to the Lord Jesus clothed in absolute filth. You, you, you would be, th this word filthy rags is, is like something you wouldn't even pick up with your hands. You, you'd use a stick or you'd just uh, uh, push it along. But that's the way our righteousnesses look before holy, perfect, majestic God who is purely holy. We can't be, you can't be, no one can be saved by their works uh, by their righteousnesses. And so these people are hungry and thirsty for the true righteousness of God. They're not looking for religion. And Jesus, later in this sermon, he said in verse 20, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And now the Pharisees were thought to be the most religious of the day. But their religion was outward. Their religion was superficial. In many, in many cases, their religion was hypocritical. There was nothing on the inside that was different or good about them. It was all putting on this show on the outside. But they had no righteousness. They had only religion. And these who are hungry, they hunger and thirst after true righteousness. Religion will not satisfy you. Only the true righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, down inside, deep in your soul, ministering to your spirit, will bring satisfaction. Secondly, they have a strong uh, a, a desire, a driving pursuit for his righteousness not just righteousness his righteousness and paul said it best in philippians chapter 3 and in verse 9 as he, as he wrote uh, to the philippians paul said this he said and uh, well first of all he said this about himself he says all the things that he he did himself all the things about himself he said those those are just loss those mean nothing he said, but be found in him, in Christ, not having mine own righteousness. So here he goes. He's, he's saying, I don't want my own righteousness. I can't stand before God in my own righteousness. Those are as filthy rags. But he's saying, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of, by God, of God by faith. And so he wanted to be found in Christ, and I've gone through about how we're clothed in His righteousness, but He was, these people who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they're pursuing, they have a desire, uh, they have a driving passion for the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, they have this all-consuming passion for 
to honor, uh, to obey, and to bring glory to God. Now, here's where we ask ourselves is, what is my faith all about? What is my religion all about? What is my Christianity all about? Well, those who will be satisfied, those who will be filled, those who will have their hunger and thirst quenched are those who pursue obedience, who pursue honor, who pursue bringing glory to God. Christians, the thing that sets, the, the things that are supposed to set Christianity apart is not that we go out into the world and act like the world. Not that we come in and we get saved and, 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 and there's no difference. We just go out and act like the world does. We react the same thing, the, the same way they, we act and react the same way they do. Th- that's not what the Lord Jesus had in mind. What he's talking about, if you want to be filled, if you want to be satisfied, it is when you go out and everything we do is designed to bring glory to God. That we want to obey Him. That we want to honor Him with our lives. And that we want to bring Him glory by the way that we act and react, even if it's not fair. Whatever that is. We must always remember it wasn't fair for the Lord Jesus to be brutalized and, and to have hostility toward himself and to be disfigured and put on the cross. That wasn't fair because he's perfect. But he did it not because it was fair. He did it because it brought glory to the Father. He did it because he was an obedient son. He did it because that's what he was sent to do. And he did it for us. And so we're to be different. And when we pursue that, we'll find satisfaction. Jesus taught the way to blessings, the way to happiness, the way to complete satisfaction, to be filled, is to pursue Him and His righteousness. To know Him and His righteousness. We're to be saved. We trust Christ as Savior. And, the, and, and, and we... In God's eyes at that moment are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. But we are to in this life, in this place, pursue the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're always to be pursuing that. Jesus taught in, six, in, in uh, chapter 6 verse 33. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now, seek means you go out and look for it, right? And as he taught us there, it's to seek with a, with a passion, uh, to pursue it. If we're seeking the, the things of, of God, if we're seeking the, the righteousness of Christ, if we're seeking to know Him and His righteousness, then it's a pursuit. It's something we do. It's not just something we stand and, and, and wait for it to happen. We don't just come to church and then it's poured out on us and we go on. It's a pursuit that we do. Look in Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
hunger or hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills a hungry soul with goodness. Oh, that we would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. In Psalm 23, you know, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want for anything. If you want to be filled, if you want to find in your life complete satisfaction, blessings, happiness, you'll find it when you pursue Christ and His righteousness. The hungry will be filled, will be satisfied. And then he said, happy are the merciful. Mercy simply means this, meeting people's needs. Very simply put, mercy means meeting people's needs. It is compassion, but it's not just feeling compassion. It is showing compassion. There's a big difference. You might feel sympathetic towards someone. Boy, I feel bad for them. Well, that doesn't help them, does it? When you feel bad for them, does that help anybody? Is that, oh, that makes, me, that's, that makes me a whole lot better because you feel bad for me. You feel my pain. Oh, that really helps me. Mercy means that you do something. You don't just feel it. You show it. You give it. You, you benefit someone. Here's the examples, of course. The Good Samaritan in Luke 10. Here's an example. Luke 10. Now... This man, this certain man, is he fell among thieves. He's robbed, and they beat him up, and they left him half dead laying on the side of the road. So the religious people, Brother Jim says, the religious crowd, they came by, and they saw him. The First of all, the certain priest, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, the Levite, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Now, we don't know what was on their mind, but it may have been something like they were too busy, uh, they just didn't have time to fool with this guy, or it could have been this, man, look, did you see that? I feel bad about that. Oh, I felt sorry for him. Why? They may have gotten to church, to the temple there, and said, boy, I tell you what, I saw this guy on the side of the road this morning. You can't believe he is beat up. I mean, they, they took everything he had, and he's just laying there beat up. Man, I felt sorry for him. That's not mercy. That's not mercy. Mercy is a good Samaritan who said, the Bible says he had compassion. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out money and gave, to them to the, uh, and gave it to the host and said, take care of him and whatever thou spendest more when I come back, I'll repay thee. That's mercy. That's doing something. That's recognizing someone's need and doing something to help them. Mercy is also evident in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. But God, now listen, 
who is rich. He is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. God is rich in mercy. Now I want you to listen very carefully. I want you to listen. We are merciful because we have received mercy. We forget sometimes how God brought us out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set us on a rock and put joy in our hearts. We forget our salvation so many times. We are merciful because we received mercy. We forgive because we were forgiven. The Bible teaches us how can you, how can you be unforgiving knowing how God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. Ephesians 4.32 How could we possibly withhold forgiveness when the Lord Jesus paid for our sins and forgave us when his very first words from the cross was, Father, forgive them. How could we ever withhold forgiveness? Remember, Jesus is preaching to his disciples. He's preaching not to the unsaved, even though there's a message for them, of course. He is preaching to those who say they are his followers. They are his disciples. And he's teaching them, if you're going to follow me, you have to lay aside yourself and take up your cross and be like me. We forgive because we were forgiven. We love because he first loved us. He loved the unlovable. Don't think you can't love someone. These things we, we use as crutches and excuses. We say, well, I just can't forget. You can, you won't. I just can't love that person. You can, you won't. The love of the Lord Jesus is in us, and we can love, we can forgive, we can show mercy because of Him in us. And when we do that, we receive mercy from God. I don't want to ever be in a situation where I don't have His mercy. I need it every day. I don't want to put myself in a situation because I don't care for someone or I can't forgive someone, or I can't have mercy on someone, or I can't love someone that he withdraws those things from me. I don't want to be in that situation. Not for one moment. I need his mercy. I need his forgiveness. I need his love. And then he said, happy are the holy. Happy are the, listen to this, Blessed or happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now listen, this, this is the very focus of the Beatitudes. 
this, this is the central theme of the Beatitudes. I want you to listen to this. Blessed are the pure in heart. The, the climax, the, the central truth to the Beatitudes are this. Because what he is talking about is the internal person. He's talking about the inside. He's not talking about what we do on our own out there. He's talking about who we are and what's happened to us on the inside. When he says the pure in heart, the heart is the control center of the mind, of the will, of our emotions. Do you realize that? That's when the Bible talks about the heart. That's the command center of our will, of our mind, of our emotions. That controls us. That is us. That is our personality. That's our motives. That's our intentions. That's us, the inside of us. And he's speaking about the real person. The Pharisees did religious things, but on the inside, he said, here's what he said about the Pharisees. He said, you're like whited sepulchers. Meaning, he said, you're like a, a, a tombstone. You're like a gravesite, And you've been cleaned up, and the, the, the stone has been painted, uh, painted white. And, and it's been uh, landscaped, and, and, and there's flowers, and it's all set up. But the fact is, in the inside is a dead person. And he said to the Pharisees, you're doing all these religious things and you go around acting like you're so holy and you're so religious. But he said on the inside, you're dead. And Jesus is saying, this is about the heart, the pure in heart. And so he's talking about our motives. He's talking about our intentions. He's talking about our, heart, our thoughts. He's talking about our mind, our will, our emotions. In Psalm 51, as Jesus, as a, a David was broken over his sin. He said in verse 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, in the inside. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And in verse 10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And so, this heart, this inner person, our motives and attitudes, the center of our personality, the thinking, the process, the will, all of these things, it's the heart the word pure in this passage, if you look at the original language, the word pure means to make pure by cleansing from dirt, filth, contamination. It means to cleanse from wrong behavior. And so how can we, how can we find our way to purity, to holiness? How can we find our way there? If you want to be the pure in heart, 
the real person inside. Not that you're not the not the uh, the Christian that maybe does things on the outside, but on the inside is not pure, is not clean, is not right. How can we how can we get there? Let's look at four ways that we can get to purity or to holiness. Number one is your desire to be like Jesus. Now, it doesn't matter what kind of formula or recipe. You know, we do this, especially in leadership. There's like a how many million books, thousands of books, whatever it is on leadership. And people will give recipes. You know, you have an acronym. Uh, you, you have all these letters that mean something. And you can, uh, we, can we can do it in church, too. Uh, we, we can come up with this acronym that means this and you do these things but listen you can have all the leadership you can have all the quotations and the little sayings and and the uh, uh, acronyms and have all of those things but if you have no desire to be like Jesus they will not change you your works will not change your heart only the Lord Jesus can change our heart and when we're saved, uh, we become a new creation. But then the work begins from salvation to sanctification. And it, and, and, and it, is, it is sped up by our desire to be like Jesus. If you say, I want to be one of those, I want to be pure in heart. I, I, I want that to be me. When we're talking about holiness, sometimes people think the uh, piety, and they think religion, holy. They think about how someone looks, or that they come to church all the time, or, or they're involved in all of these things, or they can pray a great prayer in public, and, or they do. You know, there's things that, that we think of when we think of somebody who's holy. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. That's where holiness is. It's in the heart. It's in the mind. It's in the will. It's in the emotions. It's the fact that we want to be like Jesus more than we want to be like ourselves or someone else. And so how can we be holy? How can we have the how can we be the pure in heart number one desire to be like the Lord Jesus desire to be like him more than anyone else or anything else to say I want to be like Jesus number two by God's word as he prays as Jesus prays for us in chapter 17 it says Jesus prays to the Father, sanctify them through thy word, thy word is truth. Or make them, set, set them apart and, and make them like me through your word. And in John chapter 12 and verse 3. I'm sorry, John chapter 15 and verse 3. It says, now are you clean? 
Are you clean? Your heart is clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. If you want to be the pure in heart, if you want to be the holy, have a desire to be like the Lord Jesus Christ and then stay in his word. Treat the word as it is something more important than just a Sunday school lesson or a sermon. But it is something that you need every day. You need to be fed by God's Word. Number three, submission to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 puts it pretty clear and pretty simple. And and that's this in Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit... And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. You want to avoid the lust of the flesh? You you want to avoid falling into temptation? Then walk in the Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. So walk in the Spirit. What that means is to walk in submission. Walk in submission to the Holy Spirit. Do you want to be pure in heart do you want to be the person on the inside god wants you to be do you want to be like christ you need to walk in submission to the holy spirit obey him in what he says do or don't do obey him you say oh i can't hear him maybe it's because there's so much noise in your life that you have this going on and this going on and this going on or maybe your life is cluttered with all kinds of other things he speaks in a still small voice the bible says be still be quiet and know that i am god listen to the holy spirit submit to him And then number four, pray. Number four, pray. Have you ever prayed a prayer or something like, make me like Jesus? Pray. Praying always in Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In Luke 18, 1, it says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to quit, not to give up. We ought always to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And then again, Psalm 51, 10 that I read a bit ago, Create in me a clean heart and give me a right spirit. Jesus says, blessed, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. Let me just throw this out there, and I don't, I don't mean it to be irreverent. But you know how you can see Jesus If we're pure in heart, if we have a desire to be like Him and we're pure in heart, we're doing these things, 
You will see him when you look in the mirror. That's Jesus. I'm not saying you're the Lord Jesus himself. You understand that. To our world out there, the only Jesus they're going to see is you. And when you, you are his hands, you are his feet, you are his voice. To our world, to our culture, you are Jesus. And when they see you, that's the only picture they have of him. How do you represent him? What do they think of Jesus because they see you, who he says, imitate me, be a follower. The word follower means imitator. So if you're an imitator of Christ, then what do they think of Christ when they see you? That's their picture. That's what they think of Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are the holy. Amen. If you don't know Christ as Savior, today, today is a day to be saved. There is no other promise, no other time, no other day. Right now is a, is a day of salvation. Now is the time. If you're not saved, trust Christ as your Savior. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, the Bible says you believe that in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Give your life to Jesus today. And Christians, we claim to be imitators of Christ. Let's imitate him. Let's have a desire in our hearts and lives, our mind, to be just like him. Maybe you just need to ask the Lord to help you, to make you like him, whatever it takes. You want to be like him. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for the words of Jesus. And Father, we're praying if there's someone here in our service or watching or listening to the program, they would accept Christ as Savior. They would be saved now. Lord, I pray that all of us who are saved, we would be true imitators of the Lord Jesus, not just on things we do on the outside, but on the inside where the real person is. Make us like Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed our program today, and I hope you were blessed by it. It is our uh, hope and our prayer that each week as you watch this program, you'll receive a blessing from God's Word. Our songs, our messages, they're about the Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps someone accepted Christ today as Savior. If you did, we want to rejoice with you. And I just ask you, please drop a note in the mail to Bethel Baptist Church, Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, and let us know. And we'll send you some material, 
and we'll rejoice with you. Perhaps you're thinking about being saved. You never trusted Christ as Savior, and He is your greatest need. And today I just urge you uh, to admit that you're a sinner. You know, we all are. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if you just acknowledge you're a sinner and believe that Jesus Christ truly is the one and only Savior, the only way to heaven, if you'd ask Him to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and save you, Jesus will forgive you. He will save you. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is the Christ, that He died and rose again, He will save you. Our prayer is that you would know Christ as Savior. And if you are saved, it's our prayer that you would serve the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. We're to accept Him as Savior, but we're to serve Him as Lord as you heard in the message. And so, thanks for watching the program. If you have questions, let us know. Uh, pray for us as we pray for you. And may God bless you.